reading from John 15. <coughs> the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that my joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The word of the Lord. Thank you. This particular text is near, very near and dear to my heart. It's part of the text that we read at my wedding. Foot washing, and then we threw in this last part. Did I ever tell you any, any of y'all about my, our, my wedding? Anything? I, I was doing fine till we got to the rehearsal. And then as soon as we got in the rehearsal, I was a nervous wreck. I think I sweated through my shirt. I could not talk. I thought I was going to pass out. We go through the rehearsal. Nobody can hear anything I'm saying. I'm mumbling the entire way. One of my groomsmen leans over to me and says, you know, tomorrow you got to speak up. You can't just mumble your way through your wedding. I was terrified. And I, I felt better once Diane walked down the aisle. I don't know. Adrenaline kicked in or what, but I felt I got my strength back, got my voice back a little bit just to to make it through. And then Dr. Olmberg, my worship professor from seminary, one of my dear beloved preachers and friends, he gave this amazing sermon, and I wish I could remember it. I think I was too worried about passing out that, that morning. I remember the good part. So I, the part about today is not going to be the pinnacle of my love for Diane. I remember that part. And at the time, I didn't think it was right. I thought that was just something you say at wedding sermons. I thought something you said to other couples. But over these six and a half years of marriage, I've learned that Dr. Wunderberg was right. The love that I have had for that I had for Diane now that I have for Diane now is nothing like the love that I had for her on our wedding day. It's changed. It, it's no longer just based solely on attraction or even stability. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of days when I just want to squirt her with a squirt bottle. <laughs> I'm sure she wants to do the same to me. We, we, we sometimes drive each other crazy. But I can't imagine my life without her. And, it, and it's hard to love this way. For those who have been married for a long time, admit that it, it takes work to love your spouse sometimes. Loving someone else takes a serious amount of work, and God takes my imperfect love and sanctifies it in a way that it glorifies our Lord and mirrors our Lord's love. Because I know that my love for Diane, as much as I try to be sacrificial and unconditional, it's not always perfect. The kind of love that, that Christ loves for us, I know I can never mirror that love, but somehow Christ takes it, God takes what I can do, and makes it holy. At the end of the day, Diane has become more than just a, is more than just a beautiful girl. She's my best friend. More than my spouse, she's my she's my friend, my confidant. And what do friends do for each other? 
Well, according to Toy Story, the movie, they risk their lives to save the life of another, even if it feels like the other toys replaced you as the favorite. And sometimes I feel like Thomas says, definitely has more power in our relationship now than I used to. Toy Story is, is I think, my favorite franchise of all the Disney movies. I, I love I love the movies. I loved them when they first came out. I when um <clears throat> we went to Disney World when I was going to seventh grade, so this the summer of my seventh grade year, I, I got a Woody and Buzz. And they're still up in my office. And the kids always ask the mustard seed, why do you have toys in your office? I'm like, why don't you have toys in your office? That's You go back to your room and play, these are mine. And I made sure I got them. I, I've always loved the the music. I figured out how to play. You got a friend in me. Uh, I love the storylines. And and these stories that that make these movies, they, they're not just for kids. Disney creates scenes that both kids and adults can enjoy. I remember in college, Toy Story 3 came out, and I was, I was dating this girl. I took her to see Toy Story 3. Let me, let me say that again. I took a girl to see a kid's movie. All the Disney movies in, include things that both adults and kids can laugh about and get something out of it. You know who else does that? The church. The gospel. Christmas is a prime example of this. We, we do things for our kids at Christmas that we wouldn't necessarily do for ourselves. Many think that Christmas, the Christmas message is really only for the kids. We dress them up and we have them tell the story, but yet we, we adults cannot see ourselves taking on these roles. I don't see too many adults try, jumping at the bit to play Mary and Joseph in the play, and certainly no adult wants to play the baby Jesus, right? <laughs> we make Christmas only about the kids, for the kids. We forget that Jesus came for all the world, adults included. I know it, it is tempting to think that our kids, our youth, are the future. But in church, they aren't. Jesus Christ is our future. And our youth and adults share in this future together. Disney knows that they can't just make a kid's movie for kids. Parents will not go and spend 40 plus dollars to take their kids to watch a two-hour film that they get nothing out of and enjoy. They have figured out a way to add elements into their films that adults and kids can both relate to. And I think that very fact is important to our ministry. We just can't cater to kids, and we just can't cater to adults. We need to put Jesus front and center and find ways to do ministry that satisfies the needs of all age groups involved, all backgrounds that will ultimately unite ages and genders and all creeds together around the wonderful future Jesus Christ has laid out for us. A future where we identify each other as friends. A future where we do not see others as older or younger, black or white, rich or poor, but as friends. Friends who do whatever it takes to serve each other's needs for a better life. The gospel says that no one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Notice that Jesus makes our friendship with each other grounded in himself because our Lord, who is faithful can withstand all perils, all fights, all conflicts, and his love will never end. If I were to ask you to draw a picture of God, what would you draw? Or if I asked you to write a paragraph describing who God is, what would you write? I hope in your picture you include something about love. I hope in your, in your writing you would include something about love. It was love that drove our Lord to the cross. For we being sinful creatures do not deserve his love. 
And we still don't deserve His love. Yet God is merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. That is how we know the Lord. And that's how we see the Lord. By loving our neighbor, our friends, the strangers on the streets, even our enemies, we see Christ through these acts of love. We see our God. That's what makes our love different from others. When we love, we glimpse the glory of God. You can see God in, in Woody and Buzz's relationship. Woody risks his life to save Buzz and that and the other toys. When we talk about love to our kids, when we talk about our, when we talk to our kids about God, don't be afraid to pop in Toy Story and say, This is how you are to love. But rooted in the knowledge that when your kids love, they will see Jesus. They're just not going to see another Disney film. They will see this Jesus who watched his disciples' feet. They will see this Jesus who risks his life for his disciple in the whole world. Who puts his father's will ahead of his own desires and wants. He was selfless, sacrificial, and unconditional in the way that he loved the world. And he calls us to do the same. That selfishly, selflessly, and be willing to lay down your life for your neighbor. We are to stick together even when times are tough. That's how we grow in our friendship with the Lord. Even though the world might abandon us because we're not attractive or whatever it might be. Because our Lord is our real friend. That friendship will never die. Even though we might die. Because of Christ's relationship with us. Robin Mass, I believe is her last name. She's uh, a Catholic theologian. Uh, wrote in her book, Crucified Love, few of any of us will be called to martyrdom, but all of us are called to a series of little deaths in the form of invitations to restrain or deny self. The sending of God by God was the sending of love, a crucified love willing to lay down its life for his friends and neighbors alike. Your mission and mine, which we can only perform insofar as we are in communion with God and with one another, is to submit out of love for one another to countless daily little deaths until we have yielded every least and last remnant of self to the purpose of Christ. Can we do this? Do you want to do this? Are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to love someone by laying down your life for someone you might not like? reward is great. The risk is high as well. Can you do it? The good news of this text this night is that Jesus chose you to be his follower. Jesus saw something in you. That means the Holy Spirit has already made it possible for you to love in this way. You've already been given the gift to love and act in the way our Lord has asked us and commands us to live. What is that something he saw in you? Are you willing to explore what that something is? That something might be? Don't be afraid to die. Or afraid to love because you've got someone, a friend, and someone who knows how to overcome death, and who isn't afraid to love you in such a way that, to love you in such a way that it's foolishness by the world's standards, but leads you to eternal life. So when the road looks rough ahead and you are miles and miles from your nice warm bed, just remember what your old pal said. Boy, you got a friend in me.